Welcome to Methods, a podcast from the ESRC National Centre for Research Methods. In today's episode, giving a voice to people in poverty. Can using visual participatory methods help, and if so, how? Our guest is Dr Daniel McCulloch from The Open University, who will be presenting his research at this year's Research Methods Festival in Bath. So I'm particularly interested in questions about what voice is and what's done with voice. Do Is it given, represented, ascertained or something else? I think that these sorts of questions are important for our understandings of voice. And there's also a lot of research which claims to give voice or present the voices of particular groups. This is particularly the case for groups that are often thought of as marginalised or hard to reach. And claims are made that participatory visual methods are particularly good for bringing the voices of these populations to the fore. But such claims are often made with little evidence to support them. And instead, it's kind of presumed that these methods are good for bringing out these voices. I think this has left a bit of a gap for evaluating these sorts of claims to find out if there is a relationship between participatory visual methods and voice. And if so, what that relationship is. So I'm really interested in exploring and assessing these sorts of claims. So the project that we're talking about today focuses on uh, what we call participatory visual methods. Give us some examples of what those methods might involve. Well, participatory visual methods encompass a whole range of techniques. So there's probably too many to mention them all, Um, but I'll try and mention a few. So these might include things like autophotography, which involves giving people cameras, asking them to take photos and discussing these photos and their meanings or participatory video, where videos are co-created with groups or individuals, or photo elicitation, where photos are used to stimulate discussion. And then there's things like photos and video diaries, where people are asked to create visual diaries using these media. And then there are things like making techniques, such as collage, where people are asked to create things using a range of different materials. But that's really just a small snippet of the sorts of methods that might be thought of as participatory visual methods. And they've become really popular. And as they've become more popular, the number of techniques involved has proliferated, as well as variations on existing techniques. And as well as that, technology is bringing about new opportunities and innovations with tools such as mobile phones and social media, opening up new methodological avenues. So it's really developing all of the time. So now your work is focusing on mapping life. Explain, explain what that is and, and how you're going about testing it and its capacity to give voice to participants. Well, initially I planned to use a method called participatory mapping, asking people to map out their local areas they understand it. And this method was particularly interesting to me because we have all these official sorts of maps and ways of understanding but they don't necessarily tell us about how people who live in these areas actually experience it. But as the research has developed, the plans, as sometimes happens with research, have changed a little bit. And with the aim of making the project itself feel more participatory to those people that are involved, it's now going more along the lines of asking people what they'd like to do as the project progresses. So actually, there's no single method that will always be used, but instead a wide range of methods that might be drawn upon all aiming to look at what it's like to live in stigmatised areas of poverty. And in terms of testing the method, I want to understand how those who participate in the research evaluate the method. What do they feel about the research process and about the visual output that might be produced? So for me, that means trying to understand what methods appeal to them and why, their feedback on the process and the method as we go through, and how they feel about what's produced, what's often 
thought of or called a, a visual output. So this is about getting feedback throughout the research process. And that's how I plan to, to test a method from the perspective of participants. And then the other way of testing the method is to look at audience perceptions of these visual outputs. So what do these visual outputs mean to them? Does that match with the kind of thing that we think these visual outputs are doing? And, and I think that that's important because if what we're doing or thinking about is something different to what audiences are, that tells us something really interesting about what we think is going on and what they do and a potential mismatch or matchup between that. People living in poverty are the, the, the focus of your case study. What made you decide to focus on this particular group of, of people and, and what do you hope to learn more about when it comes to poverty? We see lots of visual representations of people living in poverty, especially in some sections of the media. And lots has been written about these representations, for example, calling them things like poverty porn, because they felt to exploit people living in poverty. And then practitioners and researchers have made use of participatory visual methods to counter some of these by exploring experiences of living in poverty and using these as methods which engage directly with the people in that position. The idea here being that those people are involved in crafting the representations that are made of them. So it's work with those people rather than about them. And it's sometimes claimed that in this way, participatory visual methods can create more accurate sorts of visual representations. But it's not really evidence that we know if they're better if for those people or that they're more accurate. So that's something that I'm really interested in exploring here. Can you explain a bit about how you're going to be testing this method then? Yes, yeah, so there are three parts to testing the method, as well as the feedback from those that are involved as participants and audiences. I've also been involved in workshops with researchers. These aren't focused on, on this particular method with uh, people's experiences of living in poverty but instead are about participatory visual methods and voice more generally. So they aim to explore researcher perspectives on participatory visual methods and voice and their views on any links between the two. Now, of course, researchers are really interested in these methods and how they work to reflect the views of those who are, uh, are being researched. But this work, I guess, could also help those who are working to help poorer people too. Can you explain how? Yes, yeah, so these methods are sometimes used by practitioners and campaign groups, again, with the commendable aim of including people in crafting the representations that are made of them. But as with research, this doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case. Sometimes it's assumed. So it's important to know how those that are involved feel about these methods, especially if the outputs from these are being presented to audiences as accurate visual representations of people in poverty. And if audience understandings are vastly different from what we thought was present, that means that we might need to think about how we can develop these more accurate visual representations. And what about poor, poorer people themselves? How can your work help them? Well, the project aims to get a sense of what works for these people, rather than presuming that a particular method is intrinsically good or bad for bringing these voices out. So the plan here is to ensure that future projects are more consistent in taking account of participant feedback as evidence, to ensure that participatory methods work for participants, rather than presuming that they do. And so this research probably won't necessarily provide a definitive answer for all projects because each will have its own specific considerations to make. But I think what it can do is hopefully stimulate discussion and perhaps suggest some broad principles for how we can ensure that the methodological claims that we make about participatory visual methods and voice are evidence-based. 
on that note, it's early days in your project, but what are the main things that are starting to emerge from the research, would you say? There are some things that I think are really interesting. For example, if we look at voice from the literature and work with researchers, it's clear that there are different ways of conceptualising voice, thinking about what voice means and the relationship between participation and voice. And there are also questions about whether people express themselves with one consistent voice or have different sorts of voices at different times for different reasons or purposes. And then in, in terms of thinking about voice, there are some other questions too. For example, whether we as researchers impose our own voices on data, whether other people might be influencing the voices of participants and whether people might be presenting socially desirable voices. It's also becoming apparent that the term participatory is used in different ways by researchers. So there's no single standardised measure of this. And what are the implications of that? So participation in one project might mean something very different from participation in another. And this can range from what might be called tokenistic involvement, where the project is pretty rigid in its approach and someone's only involved in a small element of this but can't really input, through to the co-creation of projects, crafting this together right from the design of the project all the way through to the dissemination of the findings. And then I think there are also questions about whether a method in and of itself can ever be participatory or whether this can only be part of a wider participatory approach in research. And I think this has implications for how we think about these methods and whether we should be thinking about them as intrinsically doing something with voice or whether that's only achieved with particular approaches. But I think that these raise a whole series of questions for those of us who use participatory visual methods particularly when we're thinking about why we use them and what we think they do. That's really interesting. And as you say, more to come. And you're going to be presenting this work at the NCRM Research Methods Festival later this year. What can your audience expect? So I'll be presenting a session with two parts. In the first part, we'll be looking at findings from the literature and findings from the workshops with researchers about voice and participatory visual methods. And then in the second part, we'll be exploring the evaluation of the participatory work with people living in stigmatised areas of poverty, in particular looking at the feedback from participants and audiences and exploring what we can learn from this. Daniel McCulloch was talking to Christine Garrington about his project Do Participatory Visual Methods Give Voice? More information about the research is available on the Open University website and details of the ESRC Research Methods Festival taking place between July 3rd and 5th this year in Bath can be found on the NCRM website at www.ncrm.ac.uk.